0: Okay, hi, Tiffany. Okay, let's get started. So I was super excited when we started having the conversation about both of us identifying as philosophers. Yes. As you know, both being Black women, there are not a lot of Black women that identify themselves as philosophers, and we don't really get visibility of Black women, Black people in philosophy. and. Mm -hmm philosophy tends to be like this field where you don't identify as a philosopher or you don't get called a philosopher until you're old and so both of us being in our 20s being black being women and Easily like identifying that part of ourselves and affirming that part of ourselves and like putting it out into the world felt like a pretty big deal. So I wanted to have a conversation with you about the ways that you view philosophy, the ways that you view storytelling as part of philosophy, and what that means and looks like to you in your practice, and if and where you see your journey as a philosopher progressing, what that means and looks like for you. So let's get started.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, first, thank you for having me just giving me the space to um, even open up and uh, declare that part of my identity. um, I think it's really important because as you said, I think it's something that we view as a title given um, with with wisdom and with age. Um, But I don't think that those two necessarily need to be completed. Um, so growing up, I just, I always questioned the world around me. I was that precocious child that was always like, well, why do I have to do this? Or why are things this way and I was really empowered to do so by my parents um of course they would laugh at me a little bit and be like where did we get her from like yes. she has been here before she is asking all these questions um, she knows all the words to brownstone songs which most <laughs> Three-year-olds don't know it yes. is. Um Most people, you know, who were in their 20s and 30s didn't know that group. So I think it's just always been innately within me um, to just question what's going on. So... I shared this story with you that when I was in college, I was, I guess, shopping around for um, what my major was going to be. So um, it was just, I think, divine order that I ended up at the school that I did that even offered a philosophy department and program. And so once I realized no communications is not for me no the English department I just don't vibe with it I was looking for something that would challenge me where I could really develop my critical thinking skills and then um, I would be reading and writing a lot Um, so I went to the philosophy department had my papers in hand and I gave it to the chair of the department and he himself was an older white man. And I think that's what, um, the first visual of a philosopher is to a lot of people. Um, Mm -hmm. we don't really think of it, of some, just a discipline where you think about the world and how, supposed to be or what you think it should be and then what it really is and just draw that comparison or that analysis so you can do that in your everyday life what should a living wage really be versus what it is Uh in this country and then how can you make strides either through action or just by theorizing about it, you know, to to kind of reconcile the two. So I went to him and he said to me, are you sure you want to do this? And I looked at him very much confused because I knew that that was part of my identity already, just inherently wanting to question the world. Yeah. And he said, well, there aren't any Black people going to be doing this. There aren't women of color doing this Mm -hmm. um and so you're gonna be the only one in your classes where you're not white you're not a male and you're going to be one of the youngest I was a sophomore at the time so I looked him square in his jaw and I said oh well that's all the more reason to do it so just sign my paperwork now Uh... so from making that conscious decision that you know I too could be a philosopher, and uh-huh. people like me have been doing this for years, have been questioning the world around us, writing about it, speaking about it, whether they were given that label or not. Yeah. Is another debate, but uh-huh. that they were already fundamentally doing this and that I was going to be a part of that tradition and legacy. Since making that decision, I've just, I've, I've never looked back. Yeah. Um, so that's what it looks like to me. Just people being very vulnerable about questioning the world around them and I think a lot of times we're conditioned not to um but being making that conscious decision that you are going to and that you're not going to shy away from it um and then how that's gonna look in my current life um it's been evolving. So I was very much just a pure philosopher in college. Um, but also I, I've been on this education path. I've been an educator. And taking that with me and combining the two, what should education look like? Who should it be for? How should we value people? What sh- what story should we be telling um, in terms of history and language and culture and how are people educated? I think has just been the second iteration of my progression as I identify as a social philosopher. And then um, now I, since since being an educator, I went into education policy. um, And that's the space that I work in now and thinking about, okay, how do we write certain policies? How is it going to affect a community? Who should it be for? Um, What are certain considerations that we should have? And what are the implications of those decisions? Still really tangibly looking at the world around me and looking at it from a social lens. um, And then being able to take action to that has been now, I guess the third iteration, um, and I'm just excited to see where it continues to go. Uh, but I think eventually I'll go back to that purist standpoint of really just being in an academia and looking at um, being the next generation of philosophers who are teaching. Because um, that's yeah, really what it, a part of it too, the legacy of, of philosophy is being able to teach others and tell stories in that real way. Uh-huh. Um, and also, but taking a radical social philosophy stance of being the first person of color that I've ever seen in the profession. Um, yeah. I've, I've never had a black person or um, a woman be the person teaching me these stories or or philosophy. So being able to do that for others will be important to me
0: yeah that's so cool and I I really resonate with that mm-hmm. I didn't have a philosophy like background in college but my dad always identified himself as a philosopher mm-hmm. um, and as like a legal theorist and so like growing up it was like he encouraged me to have these conversations and to question a lot of things and he would ask my opinion and I think that's that's kind of my background and my mm-hmm. history in philosophy and I think graduating from college and then going to law school, it broadened my horizon on the different kinds of philosophies that exist and the different issue areas to propound theories on, the question of course um, but I think it was like leaving law school that for me just really solidified like I am a philosopher and I'm uh-huh. not Like, whatever career that I do, whatever that looks like, the thing that I bring to the table the best is this ability to research widely, to look at a multitude of issues and question and theorize about them, and to, like, tell stories in the ways that I theorize. And... I think maybe like a year ago was when I first was like, okay, I'm going to own this identity as a philosopher. And I don't really know what that looks like or means for my career, but mm-hmm. I'm going to take up space in this way. Um, and like, I started like the first Gmail, like one of my first Gmail addresses and you yeah. like, the word philosopher in it just to encourage yeah. me to be like, okay, like, Salem the philosopher. Like I'm going to like own this part of myself. Right. And when I started this podcast, it was a way of, again, just putting stories and philosophies together from my own life and things that I have experienced. Um, Because I think this is, as someone who identifies as a philosopher, like, you do this all the time. Like, you look at your experiences and you draw philosophies and you draw theories and you draw like wisdom nuggets of wisdom from the things that you experience on a daily basis and so I felt like I was doing that all the time and didn't really have an outlet to share those things um, except from social media and so just really like wanting to concretize The fact that, hey, yes, I bring this part of philosophy and what I see in the world to my work. But I also see a lot of things in my personal life that I would like to share. Um, So what has that been like for you? Like when you see experiences from your own life or like when you draw nuggets of wisdom from conversations that you've had with people or things like that. How do you like or do you feel the need to share those things? Mm -hmm. Um, What do you do about that?
1: Yeah. So first, I just want to say good for you for for recognizing that within yourself and then uh, being more vocal about it, because that in and of itself is very brave. I I think uh, whatever identity um, you have, I think sometimes it's. It's hard to vocalize it. Um, So, yeah, kudos on that. Thank you. Um, Yeah, of course. Um, Just want to make sure that you know that. Um, So, good question. I think lately I've been reflecting on it a little bit more and more so in my personal life. So,
0: um,
1: mostly with relationships. So, I was having this really good conversation with my roommate earlier today about... Uh, what love should be or what a healthy relationship looks like Uh or what radical self-love looks like Uh and I didn't even think about it really until now but the kind of conversation we had and the kind of depth that it had to it was both of us um engaging in this exchange of our philosophies on life and love and how those two things um confound and mm-hmm. it was just really it was great it was just you know we were putting all of our ideas and emotions and really it was a storytelling process we were talking about our experiences um, in life and in love and out of love and mm-hmm. like um and so I've been thinking about it a lot in that way um just with what does it look like what does society say it should look like? Mm-hmm. Um, what what are we fed through social media um, and how we can control that narrative for ourselves um, mm-hmm. and really kind of manifest what we want um, through thinking about it and really theorizing what we think it should be and then um, making it a point to, to bring that to life. Um, so that's just lately, the kick that I've been on, (laughs) really thinking about the type of life that I want in partnership and what that's going to look like in the future. Um, And then certain partners that I've chosen, why I've chosen them, Mm -hmm. um, why they lingered so long or not long enough, maybe in some cases. Um, So yeah, I've just really been going through that personally and kind of internalizing that and seeing where it goes.
0: Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. so cool. Yeah. Well, do you have any last words for people that are kind of, like, inspired or Mm -hmm. maybe see themselves more through the lens of philosophizing about their life and social issues Mm -hmm. about... Kind of like an encouragement or a philosophy that you want to leave behind for people who are listening. (laughs) Yeah, so
1: first I would say um, don't shy away from it. It sounds like a heavy title, you know, philosopher. And I think when we think about, um, you know, the Greeks, Aristotle or people who were doing this in more ancient times, we think about it being such a heavy a heavy lift of, and we think about it as very daunting too, like, mm-hmm. oh, we have to leave this great legacy behind. But I think that you can make philosophy just a part of your daily journey um, with the life that, living the life that you were really created to live yeah. and thinking about how, what you what you know to be true in your heart and in Mm. theory can come to life Um, so that would be my first thing don't think it's this huge you know undertaking where you have to leave behind these philosophies that people are going to follow and create new societies off of no you can create a new society within yourself or a new order within yourself just by Mm. thinking about your world and how you want that to change or not or just comparing you know, daily things um, that are happening with what you think they should be. Um, So that would be my first thing. And then my second thing um, that I want to leave people with is just a phrase that I just said, just live the life that you were created to live. I think that a lot of times we're told, you know, oh, that's not going to make you any money or oh, that's not stable or just a lot of negative or um, just doubtful narrative that were that were fed um, so if you want to go into a career that has a more philosophical base if you want to teach if you want to be a creative if you want to um, you know do something that's non-traditional or start your own company thinking about and I think that's too. Building businesses, I think, is amazing. And theorizing about, hey, there's a gap for this in my community mm-hmm. or in the world, and I want to start this. Just do it, um, yeah. and, and just live that life that you know that you're here for. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what I would say to folks. And just good yeah. luck.
0: <laughs> that's amazing, and um, I think. My philosophy that I would add is just trust the magic of connection. Um, I guess I'm reflecting on just how connected I felt to you without even knowing why. And I think as we keep like yeah. unraveling and keep like sharing pieces of ourselves with each other, I am like, oh, that's why. Like that's why, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> even before like I realized how much we had in common or how like much of our futures were like going in parallel directions Um, i just felt that connection and so my my philosophy is trust the magic of connections yeah um yeah thank you for being on tiffany and being the first non-me person to be on the (laughs) podcast i'm very excited for folks to listen to this and thank you all for listening